0: Hey guys, so listen, today is going to be a little different. Um, I, made a, I made a mistake <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a perfect opportunity to talk about mistakes um, and my mindset on mistakes, uh, how to overcome mistakes and really just understand that mistakes are actually a really good thing to make. Uh, especially if you're surrounded by the right people. And uh, so let's let's understand this mistake I made. Check this out. <clears throat> uh, I set my 2022 goals, I want to say October of 21. It was somewhere around there, September, October, I was lined up. And one of the goals that I... Uh, set for myself for 2022 was, actually, this is a really good topic, because I don't talk about this publicly very much, was to build my network, uh, build my email list, uh, build connections, build, really just build a tribe is really what it comes down to. And um, so I got busy uh, trying to get to know people I don't. And for a dude like me, who has a lot going on, trying to get to know people is time consuming. So, but I understand that at 14 years in the game, I understand that and I allot my time accordingly. And I think fundamentally speaking, I allot my energy uh, correctly. But so here I am, right. I'm like, all right, I got to I got some I got some some goals to crush. I got some things to do for the year and those are just a tidbit of the goals that we have set for me for my companies but we're not here to talk about that. Let's talk about the mistake I made. The mistake I made was so knowing that it's 2022 and basically web 2 social medias is how to meet people digitally. Um, I'm a part of a few Facebook groups, and I'm in a veteran-based uh business owner, entrepreneur, veteran-based Facebook group. And I don't know how many people are in it. Uh, a lot. There's a lot of a lot of veteran business owners. Uh, like they served our country, they're vets, and they're business owners. So being a business owner is like it's a slight anomaly in the first place. But then I'm trying to get to know like other savages like myself or people of war or people of combat that have made the transition into business owning because coming from combat, if anyone listening has experienced it, there's a whole different fucking world (laughs) and business is one, too. So it's a really interesting individual to me. And um. I wanted to align myself with more veteran business owners. So I put a post up in the group and I was like, anybody that wants to do a podcast swap where we go on each other's shows, comment below, let's connect. And oh, probably 50 people wanted to network with me in that group. And in 50 people is a good amount. I mean, Most of the posts in that group don't get more than a comment or two. So it doesn't matter. Like the amount of comments doesn't matter to me. The likes don't matter either. I just am who I am. My book sales don't matter to me. People want to read it. They read it. And the cool part is people are messaging me that it's changing their lives. That's what it's about. Not the book sales, not the likes, not the comments, not the shares, That's all bullshit. What's bullshit is what is not bullshit is connecting with people. And, um, so as uh, my, my podcast is booked out through Q2 of, um, guests, which is really awesome. It's also like a foreshadowing of what you're going to see over the course of this year, as we're in year five, fuck, man. I remember the first show anyways, I'm not going to digress. I don't want to digress too much today. um, so I've been network with everyone. And so here we are today, right? I made a mistake. I made a mistake in my communication. And the interesting part about it is um, communicating online for me, I think communication fundamentally for me was, was more of a challenge in the beginning of my life than it is now in my mid-30s. But it's considered a strong suit for me and people seek me out to teach them communication, but I made a mistake in my communication in the post. And, uh, I got Chris hearing here on the show and I'm going to turn it over to him here in a second. But, um, my communication and the mistake of it, Chris is here for his first podcast. He's never been on one before. And, uh, I'm actually really excited to do this show because we had a conversation prior to the show and we connected on a few topics. But um, he's got a fucking killer story. And uh, I really want to know more about it myself, selfishly. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Name of the show is The CW Clinic. And uh, our listeners would be delighted. To hear from you.
1: Hey, Chris. So what's what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How you doing? Hey. Just wanted to say thank you for having me on.
0: Of course, brother. Of course. You're uh you're a vet, right?
1: Yes, I am. I uh enlisted right out of high school, went to Iraq, um pretty, pretty um pretty early on, right out of right out of basic, like I said, and uh from now from that point forward, I've just been doing my thing.
0: So before we get into that thing, who'd you serve for? Uh, Army. Yep. Which uh, yep. division?
1: Um, so I was, uh, first off, I'm a, I'm a combat, I was originally a combat engineer. I've changed my MOSs throughout my career. I'm in the guard now.
0: 12 Bravo. Uh,
1: 12 Bravo. Yep. It was 21 know- Bravo when I listed it, and then they switched it back to 12 Bravo. Um, And I'm currently at 12 whiskey, and moving on to 12 November. So I'm just picking up, picking up different uh, MOSs to have my upward mobility because it's hard in the guard to get promoted.
0: <laughs> oh, I can so, imagine. Yeah. I can, I can, I dude, I, I hit E5 at bare minimum two years and mm-hmm. six months. Right and in the 101st, it's there's it competition, right, to, to get promoted. probably much different than your situation, but
1: Mm.
0: I was good. Yeah. I I wasn't, was good. (laughs) I still am. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) But no, I get it. I get it. I mean, as being a grunt, you just, you got to be good at shooting machine guns. You got to be good at communication. You got to be good at teamwork and you got to be good at PT and I was good at all. of it, So I excelled, but, you know, we're not here about me. <laughs> well, uh, so now that we know uh, that, and that you've been to Iraq once. Yes. Okay, cool. So you got back from Iraq, unless you want to talk about Iraq. And, and what, what's been going on?
1: Oh, well, um, well, being in Iraq was 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 a was a good thing for me. I I, I learned a lot of things and it gave me a different perspective on the world, seeing, seeing how little they had there and, and, and with, you know, with war you know, and combat and, and losing, losing people that are close to you, um, it teaches you things about yourself and that it also teaches you about the world and how, how, um, how difficult the world can be and, and how much adversity you will, you're going to face in life. And especially at a young age. You know, you're not even a real adult. Um, you know, you're just barely, you know, barely getting hair on your balls. You really, and and you're thrown into a situation where it's life or death. And and you make bonds with with the the men to your left and right that that are forever, you know, be stronger than blood. But um, but besides that, you know, coming back, I came back with with a gratitude that that opened my eyes to how the world really is. And it, it, it taught me, you know, resiliency and, and being able to just adapt to, to whatever situation that that is has thrown my way.
0: And uh, there's so many things I want to say, but um, yeah, dude, like when I, when I was living in Iraq, <clears throat> I, kn- I didn't realize that people in the world didn't have running water yeah. in their houses.
1: Or running sewage too or, or really. have a
0: toilet <laughs> yeah you know
1: yeah.
0: i mean they're literally shitting in holes in the ground
1: yeah and then uh, and not only that but you know it's running through the streets you know you got these little canal ditches just full of feces and you're trying to walk walk around in it and...
0: yo how about when you're in a firefight and you're laying in it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah man like I remember I was like green as fuck. Right. I was like on my, I was like one of my first patrols <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking up and I see shit coming out of like the second or third story of the building. Mm. Yeah, Cause I was in Baghdad. So it was like pretty urban, you know? Right. And um, <laughs> it's like shit spilling out of like some PVC pipe going straight into the road, like down 20 feet, just shit splattering everywhere. And you're like, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. try to avoid getting hit by that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well. And it 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 puts this perspective of how cupcake our country really is. Way yeah. of life. Way of life. Like, yeah, we, actually, I was just having this assistant with, or excuse me, I was just having this conversation with my team Prior to this show, right, um, I I really, I like lots of music, but I really resonate well with hip-hop artists, because yep. they tell stories about trials and tribulations, yeah. and they tell stories about growing up on streets and in ghettos and whatnot, and it's like, I didn't grow up in a ghetto. I didn't. Mm-hmm. However, I lived in the ghetto of the world. Yeah. You know, and so have you. And like, I was like talking to her, talking to the team and I was like, guys, like I, it resonates so well with me. And they're like, well, how? And I'm like, well, they didn't really have it that bad. They're talking about like low socioeconomic status or quote ghetto areas of one of the wealthiest countries in the world. So, you have to put it into perspective. Like, yeah, Iraq is like the poorest war torn country in the world. Yeah, a ghetto in America is in America, one of the wealthiest countries, progressive countries, most powerful countries, strongest countries to ever be in the world. Yeah, so so the opposite end of the spectrum is Iraq, right.
1: yeah yeah. do
0: you do you agree
1: i i completely agree
0: and i'm not downplaying like violence growing up in ghettos in america i'm just saying on the grand scheme of things it uh, could be a lot worse oh yeah so so yeah Yeah. i was having that conversation today actually
1: that's it's interesting too because you'll have people that you know, they're, they're from there that are growing up in it and they're there every single day. We were there for just under a year and we we're we were just super grateful when we came back to the States. Like, man, we got we got all this stuff that's that's so much nicer. And, and we, we have, you know, these no, no problems like they have and, and they're, they've lived there all their life and, and will continue to live there all their life um, in a, in that war torn environment and they have nothing and and they still walk around with smiles on their faces. You know, they, they just, they just adapt to it, you know, and, and, and then we have people here in this new generation and these people complain about everything and it just makes you just want to shake them and like, yo, like what, what, what's so really bad about what's going on, you know, you know, in your life,
0: I want to table that. Just for a second. I want We're going to talk about that. Okay. But I think before we talk about that, you should tell a little bit about trials and tribulations. So yeah. we can apply this gratitude mindset that we have going through um, hard times, per se, and then being able to look at society and be like, what's going on with this generation? Like, it's not really that bad. So, yeah, so,
1: uh,
0: so, so lay it on me.
1: Yeah. So, um, I grew up in foster care. My, my mother was never really around. And my father, after he got out of the service, um, he had a drug addiction. So I was taken away by CPS and I, I grew up in, I grew up in the system in foster care and I bounced around from family to family until I was about 15. When I was 15, I emancipated. I went through the the state and found a program that allowed me to basically be my own guardian um, at that point I moved in with my grandmother until I was able to you know get steady on my feet and as soon as I graduated high school I knew that I needed to do something with my life and I needed I needed discipline because I wasn't getting the discipline from a you know um from you know group homes and foster care so I joined the military and it for one, it helped me, you know, become, it, it gave me the foundation to become who I am now, but it, it from the beginning, it's, it started me, you know, I, I had, I had these people to the life my right, my brothers, and, um, and it showed me, like, no matter who you are, where you come from, we're all the same, really, and, <clears throat> you know, moving forward with that, uh, after I, after I graduated boot camp, we were ramping up, our uptempo was pretty high at the time. And, uh, they told us, you know, you guys are going overseas and it happened. We went, we went overseas pretty quick. And, um, we, we first went to Baghdad and then we moved, moved to Balad. And so we were kind of a little bit in the country away from, away from town there. And, you know, through my time there, um, uh, actually, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. I got married early. Um, just like most soldiers do. It was, I wouldn't say it was a mistake but looking hindsight it was kind of a mistake and uh, knowing that i was going overseas i i wanted to have a child so we had a, i had a child with uh, my then, my ex now ex-wife and um you know dealing with everything overseas you know we had we lost two guys um and we we were one of the last rotations to actually have r and r um so they don't do r and r anymore um, so I went home, my kid was born, my first son, Connor. Um, so that was a really great time in my life. You know, it kind of gave me the motivation to go back and, you know, like, let's, let's finish this off. Like, you know, we had a rough start in the, the first half because I was, my, my r like right in the middle of the deployment. So I came back, um, finished the deployment. Um, and when I finished my deployment, I was 21. I turned 21 in Iraq uh, got my CDL and I started truck driving. And that was kind of like my, my way of, uh, coping because I had a lot of issues with, um, you know, social issues. I had a hard time talking to people and and just being in groups and I didn't like working with people. So I was like, you know what, being a truck driver would be great. I'm by myself. I can kind of just, I could be in my own head and I can just do work and provide for my family. Um, I did that for a little while and we had a second deployment coming up to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And so again, I was like, Oh, I'm going on under deployment. Let's have another child. So then we, we, you know, we consummated and we were expecting a child and we were ramping up and I was in Fort bliss at the time we were doing our, our pre-mob training and I had a knee injury. And so basically I put on rear debt, all my guys got to go ahead and deploy and, of kind of that kind of hurt me a little bit i really wanted to go and be there with my my brothers and um around that time everything in my life just started falling apart you know i started getting depressed i uh was having trouble with my marriage my marriage was kind of falling apart um my father wasn't doing so great uh, we and, and and let me and let me say me and my father we never had a great relationship until after i joined the military and became an adult you know i can, reconnected and he got sober but all the years of his drug use was catching up to him and it was just deteriorating him so you know our marriage was failing Uh, I didn't get to deploy and um, while I was at Fort Bliss on rear debt um, I basically wrote out my ETS date my ETA date was was approaching and I didn't want to I didn't want to re-enlist because I was just just so upset so I I ended up getting out I continued trucking, my marriage just kept getting worse and worse, because I just, I just wasn't in the right headspace. And shortly after I got out, my father passed. And it, it hit me hard, you know, I was like, he was the only person that I was really close to in my in the blood side of my family. Um, so that 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 hurt a lot. But over over the years, I I just kind of pushed through. Um, I ended up getting a divorce from my wife at the time. And because of the divorce, I inherited all the debt and I knew I wasn't even going to be able to afford the debt. So I filed bankruptcy and that, that right there was the turning point in my life. Um, because I believe it taught me, it taught me to start being financially literate. And so with, with that being said, it motivated me to do better and to get back on track and from that point forward i've been doing great i i think i just needed that you know that big life shock to to really wake me up and say hey you got it you got to bounce back from this and and that's exactly what happened really
0: so <clears throat> so all all of these things happen right and I, there, none are less or more important than others. Um, right. but we're, we get to this pinnacle of, you got to start over, right. Divorce right. bankruptcy. So, um, as I've never been divorced either, or I have, <laughs> I have a purple heart. Um, so I was almost killed that day. Like the closest to being killed. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I was almost right. killed a lot of times, you know, yeah. but I actually got fucked up one day. Um, yeah. so that like similar in a sense, like, all right, I'm starting over <laughs> in your mind. You're like, okay, I'm yeah. here. I'm here. I got it. I'm alive. Like, what are we going to do? Right. And, um, I've, I've in through business over the years, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things that, um, you basically rebuild. And, um, so I can relate but I'm, so when that situation happens, your kids, your, your wife, your bankruptcy, like wh- what did you do? Like, where'd you go? What happens?
1: Actually, the funny thing is, is immediately after my divorce was, was finalized, I moved to Alaska where I'm currently at now. And this place will make you a break you regardless of who you are and what your background is. I've, now, I've is heard. A- Alaska, a lot of people, what, they, what they, people say is Alaska, you know, it makes you or breaks you, but you either find yourself or you, you know, you, you go missing or something, you know, but uh, I don't know. It, I think it really helped me out. It helped clear my mind. It, it, I met some great people here and it sparked me to get back um, to a place where I was comfortable. So I re-enlisted into the guard and I want to say the guard is, is a really great thing. Like if anybody's looking to join the military, I I'd, I'd say if you, if you just want to get a taste um, you could join the guard and still have many great benefits. But um, I only say that cause I, was, I I worked in recruiting retention. So I kind of got that, uh, you know, want to get people in, but listen, I'm too uh, old.
0: All right. They won't let me <laughs> in anymore. I'm but, 36. Um,
1: yeah. I think
0: there are some special cases of like doctors or attorneys that can come in past, I believe, 35. Is that the cutoff?
1: No, I think it's like 42 is a waiver. Oh,
0: there's a, there's a waiver.
1: In. Oh yeah. You can get in and up to I'm like thinking about probably probably joining the 50s. national
0: guard right now.
1: Now, now I have an MBA. Okay. I'm not going yeah. in as a
0: fucking Sergeant. I'm going in hey. as a butter bar lieutenant.
1: You, you just said you're old at 35 and you're, now you're making me feel old because I've been telling myself, oh, I feel so old. But my wife's telling me, no, you're young. And I was like, I turned 32 this year. What are you talking about? So Shit. I'm not too <laughs> far behind you. But um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a really great place to uh, to get your mind right because it forces you to succeed because there's not a lot here. It's not like the lower 48. Alaska is a totally different place. You you have to hustle. And, and that's where I learned you know, hustling. That's what I, what I did. Like I started my, my, uh, my, what, what is now my clothing business, but I actually started it as a drop shipping business. Um, going back when I said I became more financially literate after my bankruptcy, the reason being is because after my bankruptcy, I had to learn how to manage my money better. And I started reading and learning about just everything finances. You know, I was, I was just super tuned into it. But um, I started getting in these side hustles. I started doing drop shipping, and I noticed that, hey man, this this online shopping, like it's 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 big, you know. Amazon was already already doing really well. I was like, let me try my hand at it. So I started doing it, and then I, I self branded it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna start doing my own my own clothing, and it's done well since. But I I had that drive to just keep going for more and more. So every time I I see somebody else doing, like, well, let me try it, you know. Um, And so I've just developed all these different side hustles, you know, I would, I would get on Fiverr and freelance different services. I would, I would just do a myriad of different things. But um, it really, it really sparked my interest in, in uh, just doing my own thing. And um, from that point, until now, I've done so much to the point where I don't have to work a job, I can do my own thing. Uh, I set my own schedule and I'm happy with it. You know, I'm, I'm happily remarried and I, I I have an, uh, you know, I have my kids and, and, and I'm just, I'm just super happy and grateful for what I have now. And, and I think all of those, all of the adversity that I faced has molded me to, um, appreciate what I have and, and, um, be able to be very resilient, I can, I can face any challenge and and get over it. So I'd, I'd say I'd say the the adversities and the and the bad things that happened in my life have only motivated me to, to be better. And, I, and I'll continue to be that way. Because you know, with COVID, um, I think everyone can attest to this that COVID was hard, you know, for everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, and what your background is, it, it, it challenged people. And th- that challenge has like 3x my, my, my net worth because let's, let's just give an example. So I was, I was working in recruiting and retention. So I, I was on a full salary. I was act, I, active duty uh, with the guard. So I didn't financially, I wasn't um, stressed, but I now had a lot of free time because we were teleworking. and when you have all that time on your hands, especially with a person like me, I've got all these thoughts running through my head and I'm not a very patient person and not very sociable. So I was just trying to think of all these different ways, like how can I, how can I fill in my time when I, when I have it? So I started focusing more on my business. And what I realized is, is during COVID, Uh, everybody was buying online. So I was like, I'm going to really just put, go all in on my, my online business. And that's what I did. And it, it thrived because everybody had this stimulus money. And I was like, oh, well, I know when people are going to get paid because they're announcing these stimulus dates. So I just focused all my marketing money uh, (laughs) onto those dates on Facebook. I was advertising on Facebook and I was getting sales and uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think just that experience alone has, has taught me like, Hey, no matter what life throws at you, there's something to be made of it. And I think being resilient is just one of the greatest things the military taught me.
0: Dude, you're so right, man. Resilient. That's a good word. Um, And we're going to work it into the title of this show, but um, you know, so much could be said right now after everything that you just said. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions entrepreneurs specifically have, right? But, but people as well, half the battle is just not quitting. Right. You know, like, like, dude, I've built six companies. I've employed hundreds of people. I've made millions and millions of dollars. It doesn't matter it doesn't none of it you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it's it's just it's a part of the journey yeah and a lot of times and what matters is what i'm about to say and a lot of times people are like well chris what would you do differently and it's like nothing dude i just fucking didn't quit yeah and i'm never going to quit <laughs> ever yeah i, I was I have a fucking purple heart i'm still here yeah yeah you you can't like stop me and you have to have that resilience in your mindset yeah with life especially if you have a business if 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 you listen let me tell let's just talk about something else real quick if you can live off the amount of money your business makes all right you're doing well you're doing you're doing really well okay don't get caught up in this bullshit Instagram with these fucking idiot 20 year olds in Lamborghinis and mansions. It's not real. It's <laughs> oh, not. Fucking, I, I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years. It's not real. It's not. I want to say the I closest, say the closest. Hang on. You're going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you say it. Keep it right here. The closest thing is like Jake Paul and like his brother, like they're young and they're killing it. Like they're real. These fucking idiots on Instagram are not. But if you're waking up, not quitting and providing for your family through your business, you're doing great. And to get to the next level, you just don't quit. That's just what it comes down to. And 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 the levels above that and, and the dudes that are above me that reach down and extend their hand to teach me, they're like, yo, you just can't quit. And I'm like, oh, good, because I don't quit. well let's go so and i just wanted to get that statement out so tell me what you were going to (laughs) say
1: well you brought up the the 20 year old in lamborghini but that was me at 31 or 30 when i was down in vegas business was booming during covid uh we opened up a um uh pop-up store and and that was me we i was driving the lamborghini and uh aston martin (laughs) <laughs> so it's all over my Instagram. So I, I just laugh at that, that when you said that, cause you said it was fake and yeah, there's, there's people that'll go out and, and lease one and try to be flashy, but, but oh, did I was you, at a did point you rent where I, them? No, I leased them. I leased oh, them.
0: Nice, nice. But
1: yeah, it's just funny you say that because I got to a point in my life where I was, I was, I was doing really well and I was like, you know what? I got to have something to show for it. You know, it was a, I've always been a really big car guy. I love cars. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to be just like that. And I noticed real quick, I was like, no matter how much money you have, like, it it gets old really fast. Like you, 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 you can be lavish. And I lived on the, I lived on the Las Vegas strip. I lived in beer towers, which is right next to Aria. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Las Vegas, um, had a, had a condo on the strip, um, doing really well. And I noticed in the year that I lived in Vegas, I was like, you know, this isn't all what it's all cracked up to be. So I ended up moving back to Alaska and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go struggle more. And I was I'm happier more in, in Alaska um, making maybe about the same amount of money, but not like living lavishly. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm happy and I'm happy and content with, with very little. I don't need a lot. What makes me happy is the drive and being able to, to be, uh, provide something to other people. And, 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 and what I provide is, uh, my, my, with my clothing business, like for family, friends, or anybody who wants to order, um, on my website, uh, we do, we, you know, we do our, our designs, um, for clothing. And I just like giving, I, I like to do stuff for people. Like I have one of my buddies, he's a warrant officer now, but he was enlisted when we, when we were, um, got back from our deployment and, uh, you know, I made him a shirt and sent him a care package and I, I don't know, I just like giving. I, I'm a very giving person. So I I enjoyed helping others and, and doing for others than doing for myself because it you know, you get that little, you know, dopamine hit when you're doing something cool or spending money, but it just fades away, you know, it's not it's not as exciting what, what people think it is.
0: Dude, I've had a Porsche in my driveway and it was old after two weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like like it, it, it goes beyond money. Yeah. Per, there's purpose, right? Yeah. There's purpose. And and once you make a bunch of money, you're just like, okay. Uh, I think the most
1: valuable thing really is just my time. Like being exactly. able to live day to day and not have to worry about anything. You know, I had passive income coming in. And I'm like, oh, once I, once I meet my weekly or monthly goal to, you know, all my bills are paid. And I'm like, oh, well, what do I do now? Like, Let's go find something else to do. Exactly. I think my time, the time is the the most important thing. I spend time with my family.
0: And, and, and what I, and what I wanted to say was um, most entrepreneurs that are 21 on Instagram in a Lamborghini in a mansion. And when I say most, it's like 99% of them. Oh yeah. That's what I meant by fake. Like, yeah, like I get it. Like I, I have a $45,000 watch on my wrist right now. Like. It's not about money. It's not. It's about time. Time, notice the connection watch on my wrist. Time is your most valuable asset. And what is freedom in entrepreneurship and life is freedom of time and what you do with your time. I've been building my schedule for 14 years. And there gets to be a point eventually where you're so free to build your schedule. You're like, huh, this is quite fun. Well, how do I want to spend my days? Think about it. How do you want to, how do you want to spend your day and do whatever it is that you want to do for a dude like me? It's fucking hustle. I love to give. I think you'd like my book. I have a chapter on giving Yeah. and, and, um, it's called being a good human. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, that's chapter six. But anyways, the point is, and what I'm getting at is, um, that's a, that's a powerful story. And, uh, I I like how you paint it. And I, I think that, uh, you telling your story more, especially on, on like a podcast and or a YouTube channel, um, uh, would probably be awesome for a lot of people to learn from fundamentally. So, you know, I'm going to close this out now, but, um, I just want you to know that I respect everything that you said and thank you, uh, coming from someone who's probably been on a very similar journey. Um, I really appreciate you giving your time to me and us, everyone listening. And, um, so where can we find you? Like, let's say I wanted to like find you on Instagram. Where, where will we find you? What's your website?
1: All of my social media is all Chris Hearing. So at Chris Hearing for my Instagram and my YouTube, um, my website is chrishearing.com. Um, all that's linked in the in the Instagram as well. So it's pretty easy to find. Um, I'm pretty ranked high on Google. If you type in Chris Hearing, it's it's going to be the very top, top uh, whatever search on there. My SEO is pretty good. <laughs> ah, very good. Very
0: good um cool man uh thank you for for uh giving us your time and um if you had a final word to say maybe you were going to give someone a piece of advice that's struggling right now and you know really needs to understand that it's not as bad as we make it out to be and if you had to give that person some type of advice and, and to close the show out, what would you say?
1: You know, it's, it's hard to, to really just tell somebody what to do because, you know, everybody thinks differently. But the one thing I could say is uh, just, just keep going and know that whatever life throws at you, it's only, that's only a one thing in the moment, you know, you just have to, to keep going, keep pushing forward you know, it's, it's only going to get better. And if you think you're at your worst, then you're really at your best because when you're at rock bottom, the only place you can go is up. So, um, just, just keep going forward and, and don't give up, you know, you know, I don't know. It's just, you just got to keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah, you know? Yeah, man. And it's, well, it's easier said than done, but you know, just got to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. So uh before we go guys if you're watching this show on YouTube all right if you learned anything from Chris smash the like button and honestly most importantly let let me know or let Chris know what you thought of the show below in the comments and let's talk about it like maybe something really landed with you that Chris said I think it would be important that we all discuss it cuz fundamentally speaking the community, the tribe of listeners, and what everybody thinks is important. So hit the like button, drop a comment. Thank you for your time, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm born. Born,
0: can I kick it? To my tribe that flows in layers. Right now, five is a pointsayer. At times I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. dinkins is with your.